On this episode of Talking Schmidt, it's all Justin Kleinert all the time. Yeah, that's right. Justin joins me for both segments that I have for you today. And we have a new part to add in. It's called Funny Schmidt. I have all that more next. Well, everyone, we are on episode 13 of Talking Schmidt, and I had some other plans for this episode. However, uh, with the sports world, it's ever-changing, even without sports going on, technically, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a show for you. I am joined by someone who normally joins me every week. Uh, He is uh, playing cornhole right now, technically, uh, while he's trying to do this interview, so we'll see how this goes. But my guest, you guys know he normally joins me for the Schmidt break. I have Justin Kleiner on with me. Justin, has it been about time for us to have a full show featuring you? Well, I mean, you know, not you know me, not one to brag and draw attention to myself, but, uh, you know, definitely the more Justin you get, the better off you are. That's what it seems like. Um, so I thought for this one, we'll probably do about two segments uh, for this one. We'll do a Schmidt break. We'll do um, my favorite one to start off with. We'll do the Schmidt bag or bag of Schmidt. I think I called it bag of Schmidt. So, uh, of course, with bag of Schmidt, it's questions that are being asked. Um, and this time around, I have Justin on with me to talk about him. Uh, I have a good one here from a pretty good friend of ours. Uh, we've known him for a very long time. His name is Brian Brake. Um, he wanted to send a message in and he was asking, what do you think? Do the Titans make it back to the AFC championship this year? So at any level of sports, it's always difficult to duplicate success, uh, year after year. Um, that said with the Titans, uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, the NFL, uh, as I've said before, is one of the greatest organized sports ever i mean professional sports league they're amazing what they've been able to do is just unbelievable um and what the nfl does the best is it sells hope so every year every team with the exception of maybe you know the jets and the browns their fan base has a sense of this could be our year and every year you have a team in the nfl that performs above expectations and i think last year that team was the titans um, I think with what you have in Vrabel and what you have in Derrick Henry and what you have in that defensive scheme they run and what you have with uh, you know some of the offensive weapons they have and Ryan Tannehill, I, I mean, I think you're going to see a perennial playoff team. Um, I don't know if they'll make a run to the AFC title game again. Um, you know, John Robinson has taken that you know, New England approach to where he's not going to make any big free agent flashes. He's not going to make any draft picks that are just sexy. You know, they're just going to be good depth roster guys that can contribute. And so with that, I, I don't know if they've made a enough to, to, to get over that hump. You know, they might be back in the AFC Championship again. You know, hopefully they can take a different road to where they're not, you know, literally playing on the road every week of the playoffs. Uh, we'll see. I think they're a perennial playoff team. Uh, but it may not. I, I think obviously, as we see at the end of the year last year, you know, the Chiefs are the cream of the crop. Uh, you know, and I think they're returning pretty much all their starters except for their punters. So they're going to be a pretty good team next year. So we'll see. Titans, like I said, they're going to be a perennial playoff team as long as Mike Rabel's there. Uh, but uh, I don't know if they'll make the run like they've made this year. Because the NFL's just too good. I mean, you're talking the best of the best of the absolute best in the country. Brian added on to that, said that, they sh- that he believes that they should at least win the South. Do you believe that as well? <laughs> That is a that's another tough question. Um, as a fan, I want to say yes, they are. Um, 
but as a guy that knows and watches football, I, I think what you know Indianapolis has done with the addition of Philip Rivers, you know, and Deshaun Watson in place out of Houston, you know, those are going to be pretty two tough teams that you have to face twice a year. Uh, it's it, it's one of the it's one of the deepest divisions in football. I'm not going to say it's one of the best. It's definitely one of the deepest divisions. So I think you've got a lot of good competition from both the Colts and the Texans. Uh, they should be. If they'll continue to let Ryan Tannehill be somewhat of a game manager, maybe open the offense up a little bit with some of your down-the-field threats, uh, play really good defense and run the ball with Derrick Henry, they've got a great shot if they can stick to that and play within that. Uh, so I think they will win the AFC South this year. I think if you get on Fox bet, I think they're leading the charge there. Uh, they're the favorites. Uh, but, you know, the Titans, I'm not going to put them in the Braves category, but, you know, anytime the Titans are picked to win the division, they don't. Uh, but anytime they pick to finish last, they seem to make a good playoff run and get a playoff win. Uh, so, like I said, I got faith that they can do it. Uh, I hope so. As a fan, I hope they win it. Uh, but it's not going to be easy because you've got some two really good football teams in Indianapolis and Houston. I have another question here. It actually came in from my brother. Let's see what he said. He wanted to know uh, what your thoughts were with the 60-game season. Do you think that uh, the MLB should be worried that shortening the season might get fans more interested and then have repercussions later on next year when they try to go back to 162 games? So, so we, I've had some good conversations uh, with this, you know, with you and, and with other, you know, just sports fans in general. Um, baseball is going to have a tough time next year. Uh, I think they're going to have a tough time this year. Again, we've talked in previous podcasts, they're going to be running up against college football and the NFL. That's going to be tough. Um, you know, you're going to have your regional sports fans, but you're not going to grow that national market like you want to for Major League Baseball. Uh, 60 games are great. I mean, you know, if you're a Mets fan, you know, your team's not going to lose 60 games this year. Uh, so that's a plus. So, you know, if you're a Mets fan, you got to love the 60-game short season. Uh, I think they're going to bring in, from what I've seen from some of the rules packages, they're going to change stuff up, uh, you know, especially with your designated hitters. Uh, so I think that's going to be good. Uh, they've got some other you know, rule changes for just the 60-game season that I think you could potentially see rolled over into a 462-game season. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's going to be tough. You know, Of course, you know, me being a homer, I'm going to watch the Braves. Uh, but outside of that, I probably will hold off till the World Series. And, you know, just kind of keep an eye on it. If it gets competitive, I'll watch it. If not, um, you know, I'll just watch whatever football is on. Uh, you know, because it will be in October. And, you know, me, I'm a season ticket holder for the you know, Austin Peay Governors. And, you know, if there's any baseball going on during an Austin Peay game, I, I could, you know, really care less about what baseball is doing. Uh, so I think, you know, I'll be definitely watching a lot of college football in the month of October. And, and baseball will be a secondary thought. Now, for me, for me personally, I, I think I'll watch – Major League Baseball before I will the NBA uh, in October. But, you know, that said, to kind of get back to Cody's original question, yes, they will have a tough time retaining fans because the games are so long, the season is so long. I think with their extra inning rules they put in place for the 60-game season, as far as putting a runner on the second base, uh, if you go into extra innings, I think that's going to help shorten some of those 20-plus inning games you may see. but yes, it will. They will have a difficult time uh, because people that do catch on because it's a shorter season are not going to be able to hold on for 162 games. 
Another question from Cody that he wanted to add in on there. This is kind of a local regional one for you. He wanted to know your thoughts on if the tax hike that we're seeing, or property tax hike at least in Nashville, will potentially affect their bid to get an MLB team. Uh, you know, Nashville, I don't think the city of Nashville has a damn clue what they're doing. Uh, they're just, they've just been a liberal-run city for so long. It's just down in the dumps. Uh, if you look at it, the city of Nashville by itself has more debt than the entire state of Tennessee. Uh, that's a problem. Uh, Nashville's done a great job growing and bringing people in, but they haven't done a good job uh, with a budget. Uh, you know, a budget isn't a mystical word, word that rolls around every month or every quarter. You know, you, it's something you have to be fiscally responsible. And listen, we've got people in Washington that can't be fiscally responsible. Uh, but what Nashville has done with their finances is just absolutely just a shit show. I mean, for a lack of a better term, they've done a bad job managing their money. Uh, you know, and the, and the only way that a liberal is ever going to see how to fix their, you know, debt problem is to just raise taxes. They think, well, if we if we keep doing the frivolous spending we're doing now, and we raise taxes, well, we'll have more money. And no, you'll just come up with dumber and dumber programs and different ways to waste your money. Uh, I don't think the debt issue will be a problem. Um, I think you will see the state of Tennessee step in to get a major league baseball team to the state. Uh, I know they are high on the list for the MLB to get an expansion team. And if you have anything to do with major league baseball in the city of Nashville right now, it would be a huge miscarriage to not get a baseball team into Nashville. Uh, so I don't know if that directly will impact it. I think that will impact the long-term future <clears throat> success of the city of Nashville is their poor management with money, uh, but not from getting an MLB team. I, I think they're, they're top on the list. Either. I think what the city's been able to do and what they were able to do with the draft a few years ago, they're, they're going to be just fine. And when the Predators made their spectacular run they did in the playoffs, the city showed out and supported Uh but Nashville is such a melting pot of sports fans from across the nation. It, it's going to be difficult to get that local fan base on board unless you have some quick success. So quick success will be key to rallying a fan base. Uh, but, you know, they do pretty good with the uh, Nashville sounds that we have. So I think people will come out and support it. Uh, good luck finding real estate to put a stadium downtown. That is true. I, I agree with that completely. Uh, I also reached out to um, John Wilson and Doug Austin um, about just asking, what if you could ask a question to Justin, what would it be? What do you think their topic was? Well, I've been with Doug for several hours today, so I've already been beat up by a lot of questions from Doug Austin. Um, I would say it probably has something to do with the fact that Doug is a corona bro or the University of Tennessee, the University of Vanderbilt, or Austin P. Uh, it was actually, both of them were on the first category uh, that you mentioned. So uh, <laughs> Doug was asking, do you think it's a hoax? Uh, and jo uh, John was just saying, why are you always so stuck on it? <laughs> okay, so, so here's my thing. I, I, I don't... I'm not a denier. I, I'm not going to stand here and tell you the coronavirus doesn't exist. Obviously, it does. Um, what I think is astronomical is the fact that we shut down one of the greatest economies ever in the entire globe over the coronavirus. We've put more than 40 million people out of work. Um, and I think if you look at the long-term effects 
on the economy and what it does to people's livelihoods and how they earn their income, I think you're going to see more drastic death rates out of that than you ever will the coronavirus. Uh, so I try to just put things into perspective when I speak on them. And, and if you look at it, the harm that's done through the downfall in the economy is definitely going to be worse than what's done through the coronavirus. And listen, again, I've said it before, not a fan of death, which death didn't exist. Uh, that said, this this virus dramatically targets people with comorbidities. Uh, you know, 60% of the entire coronavirus death in the United States has come out of nursing homes. So I think what we should have done as a country is protect the most vulnerable amongst us. Um, but I do recognize the virus is a real thing. And, of course, it is a threat to people. Uh, but we don't know a ton about it. But, again, that said, you know, it's mostly affecting people with comorbidities. You know, I would say most of those which have died that were above the average life expectancy range, you know, there probably would have been some of them within the next 12 to 18 months that they would have been susceptible to anyway. Uh, but again, not a fan of death. I wish death did not exist. Uh, but unfortunately, that's part of our fallen, broken world. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of part of life. But again, like I said on our previous podcast this past Sunday, 7,500 to 8,000 people died. 96% of those had nothing to do with coronavirus. So... Yeah, I figured that would uh we've we've kind of already touched on it a few times, but I know that they really wanted to um be able well, to voice you, their you opinion can, on that. You, you can Ethan, you can never beat a dead horse too much. <laughs> well apparently you never can. Never, apparently yeah, not. You know. You, you always if there's a good thing, we always gotta take it too far. So well, Justin, we're going to take our first break here uh, in the show. When we come back, I have a new segment that was suggested for me that I want to try out on you, and then we'll go into the Schmidt break as always. So uh, let's go ahead and take that first break. When we come back, I, like I said, we got something brand new coming at you. What's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for joining me this far into the podcast. Don't forget, you guys can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on Google Play, and you can leave ratings and reviews along the way as well. And don't forget, on social media, at underscore Talking Schmidt on Twitter, and on Facebook, at Talking Schmidt Podcast. All right, let's get back to the action. And welcome back to episode 13 of Talking Schmidt. As I mentioned, uh, this episode, I mentioned the first segment, uh, we're, we're with Justin the entire time. Justin Kleiner joining me for this. He's out at a, uh, he was playing cornhole when I very first called him. Uh, that's why he didn't answer me originally, because he was trying to win the game. Um, did you guys win? Uh, I had to stop mid-game. We weren't going down a good path. Now listen, let me tell you. As far as my Shiano talking, and I'll say Shiano because I don't want to say the other S word, uh, but my Shiano talking was great. I mean, it was like a 9 out of 10. It was great. My back throwing skills were about a 2 out of 10. Um, haven't done it in a while. Again, I had a few, uh, had a few Pilsners that come in those white 16-ounce packages, mm -hmm. and those may have affected my throw. Uh, my depth perception was a little off. <clears throat> so my throwing was about a 2 out of 10. My Shiano talking throw. Nine out of ten. Great, great material. Who's your partner? My partner was Chris Brinkman. Oh, Brink uh, that's my ride or die. Yeah, he, he, he's my ride or die. Uh, we're going up to John Wilson. He's been talking massive trash all day. Uh, so we're just trying to shut him down. Uh, John had to bring a knee brace with him, though. Um, 
and I think he's already got it on. I can check. Yeah, live look in at it. John has the knee brace on. Uh, oh, man. Bags on the board have increased by about 25% since John put his knee brace on. Uh, so things are looking good. Hats on backwards, knee brace on. John's probably ready to go for some cornhole. Man, you can't you can't bash some of my future guests, man. He's going to be on with me for Tuesday. You can't you can't give him a hard time. That's what he, that's what he was telling me. Uh, he, he's excited. He, he's he's bringing some good A plus material as always. Uh, and then I'll be there to disprove and discredit whatever he says. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Well, I do have a new segment for you. It was actually suggested by the one and only Isaac Shelby. Oh, good. Oh, man, always love to hear from Coach Shelby. I'd like to get some things going with him this fall, bring, yeah. in, uh, bring him in, talk a little bit about high school football. But, listen, there's not a better coach in this area than Isaac Shelby, uh, and, and that's just talking ball. When you talk about what that man does for these kids, I'm telling you, if there's a guy on his roster that wants to play college football at any level, he's going to make sure they can do it. Um, and he is a great role model for those guys. Uh, does an excellent job. So I'm a huge fan of Isaac Shelby. Yeah, I've, I looked at, a, I think a, a year or two ago, I was looking at it, and uh, since he's taken over as a head coach um, uh, at from the first time that he became a head coach, which was at Northeast, I believe he mm-hmm. averages eight guys a season, eight seniors a season, uh, just the average, eight seniors a season that go play at the next level, and I believe he had almost 10 from this team that he just had at Clarksville High. Yeah, and if and if nobody knows a lot about our area, uh, you're talking about a city which has a population of around 250,000 people uh, and six high schools and two private schools that have yeah. athletic programs. One of those two doesn't have a football program, but one of them does. So you're talking about this talent in this county and city in Clarksville is really spread out where when you go to some of the outlying municipalities outside of Clarksville, you're talking one or two high schools. Yeah. So our talent is really spread out, and so that's just a testament to what a great job he does, not only developing his players, but like I said, any level they want to play at in the college football ranks, he's going to find them a spot. And he's developed the connections throughout his career to be able to do that. And that's really, you know, it is important to win games, but you've also got to be a mentor and get these kids to succeed at the next level that they want to play at whether their next level is just going to college and being a great student or whether it's to go play for the University of Tennessee and the SEC like Jalen Reeves Maven. You know, so whatever they want to do, he's going to make sure he's setting them up for that success. And like I said, that's tough to do in this county, uh, but especially the way that he's been able to do it. It's really special. Yeah, he was one of my favorite coaches for certain uh, playing at Clarksville High School, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad he's a listener. Uh, and he, he brought up the idea of a segment called Funny Schmidt. So that Say is that again. it's called Funny Schmidt. All right, I, I like it already. So I have I have three I have three jokes for you. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. They're all sports related. Here's my first one. Why should you never date tennis players? Oh man, they're good at hitting balls. I mean, that's the first one that comes to mind. Uh you know, if someone that good at hitting a ball, if they could whack a ball that good, if you piss them off, you've got some problems. Uh, so I would say that would be number one. That's not the answer. Uh, but you know, everybody knows that you know the, the best, you know, the best athletes to, to date in high school are, you know, basketball players, softball players, and cheerleaders. Everybody knows that. Oh, jeez. Uh, tennis doesn't really make the list. You know, they're not breaking the top five. I, I'm married to a former 
uh, tennis player. So that that doesn't work. Well, Ethan, we all have personal failings. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, that's, that's the best answer I have for you. Well, the well, answer... Listen to this one. She will. Well, the answer is <laughs> because love means nothing to them. Oh, well, that, that's a good one. I, I didn't think about that, uh, but that, that is a good one. All we'll, right. we'll go with that one. Here's, we'll scrap my answer and go with that one. Here's another one for you. All right. Have you heard the one? He's so, he's so damn witty. These are going to be difficult. Well, this is, I, I found these. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, he wanted me to find jokes. So that is what I'm doing because I think this was a great, because when we were playing high school football, one of the things that always happened, I believe on Thursday nights before we would have our walkthroughs and before our team dinner was they would all, it was either Thursdays or Tuesdays, one of the two. And the coaches would always have a joke, and I feel like this is just something that has boiled over from when we were playing football. Gotcha. So, the second one for you here is, have you heard the one about the bad pole vaulter? I have not. It never goes over well. <laughs> that, that, that's good. That's A+. plus. That's good. All right. I didn't understand the point of this at first. Uh, I thought it was an opinion. Uh, so we'll have to scrap the first three and a half minutes of that. No, I'm uh, letting it all happen. Yeah, we're going to defend. We're Well, you've already offended one that's in the house with me, so, uh, you know, that that's fine. Let's now. stop there. Yeah. Let, let's stop there. The, we won't go any further. The final, the final one for you. Are you ready? For, this is a little bit longer, mm. so you are got to stay with all me. Right, are you I'm, ready? I'm following you. Okay. Two campers are hiking in the woods when one is bitten on the butt by a rattlesnake. I'll go into town for a doctor, the other says. He runs 10 miles to a small town, finds the only doctor who's delivering a baby. He says, I can't leave, but here's what you do. Take a knife, cut a little X where the bite is, suck out the poison, and spit it on the ground. The guy runs back to his friend who's in agony. What did the doctor say, he says? He says, you're going to die, man. (laughs) I've heard that one before. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, I mean, but everybody knows at that point. <clears throat> listen, I as as a person, I would rather just suck the venom out of somebody's ass than run ten miles, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would guess. Yeah, I would rather. By the time that you ran ten miles, I don't think that person would be alive. You know what I'm saying? I just don't. By the time because yeah, you're running absolutely. twenty miles, and it doesn't give you a breakdown of time of how much he's looking for the doctor. I mean, he could have ran ten miles, which is you know, if the average person's you know can run what say six minute mile it took him an hour just to run there then he's got to find the only doctor and then run an hour back that's at least i would say almost three hours that person is not alive sure yeah that and like i said before you run 10 miles you just gotta suck the bed out i mean regardless of who it is i mean that's my point i mean again not a fan of death so i would suck the bed out for the record well we, app- we appreciate that bros. We appreciate that, man. Let's jump into our Schmidt break. Uh, I think Funny Schmidt will be one that we definitely keep around. Um, I thought about some other things that I might be able to do so it's not Funny Schmidt every single show. We might do something else. Um, uh, I thought about Dumb Schmidt, which would be about the uh, like any dumb things that are going anything, on. Anything John Wilson does on a daily basis. Ooh, man, John's not going right. to ever come back on this show, man. Sure. Shots fired. Oh, my goodness. So let's go into the Schmidt break here. I have a question for you and kind of the topic that I want to talk about for uh, the Schmidt break, at least for this episode, is, um, you know, one of the big things that I feel like every sport does 
and it grows every single year, is fantasy sports. Do you think with what's going on right now, shortened seasons, things like that, do you think that the fantasy seasons are going to get a little bit different? Do you feel less people are going to try to do fantasy this year? Or because of the money that people can make from fantasy, do you think it is going to be something that we still see uh, an influx in? And then without people, some people might not even be back at their jobs. Do you think fantasy sports goes up even more? Yeah, people are looking for some kind of entertainment right now, so fantasy sports are definitely going to be a success. Uh, so I think you'll see a spike in fantasy sports. Uh, I always thought one of the biggest things with the coronavirus that we're in right now is the NFL actually finishing the season. Uh, I think they'll get started just fine. Uh, finishing, I think, may prove to be difficult uh, if you have any kind of spike or anything. But uh, yeah, I think fantasy sports will be a, I think it'll be a pretty popular hit. Uh, anybody that plays fantasy baseball and can hold on for 162 games, they need to find a new hobby. Uh, but and I didn't even know fantasy basketball existed, so I'm assuming that question just meant fantasy football. Uh, so I do. I think you'll see a huge spike in it uh, because people people are looking for entertainment, especially if they're shut in their houses. Well, we're actually going to be talking about fantasy baseball on Tuesday with John Wilson. So you just keep <laughs> digging the knife in on the poor guy. <laughs> John, John and I have a long history together. We uh, <clears throat> we've had our ups and downs. There's no doubt. Well, I just I look at it and I'm I'm excited for to have something like that because I feel like you know one of the main reasons why that question kind of popped into my head was because I knew what Tuesday's show topic would be. I know John's a guy who plays fantasy baseball a lot. Um, it, I think it'd be cool to kind of see how someone who would do 162 games, like you mentioned, now breaks that down into 60 games. How do you how do you strategize now? What is the strategy? Um, because I do feel like you said people are looking for that outlet, and I think fantasy baseball for the first time might see some good numbers I, I think it may and again I think you can focus on just 60 again it's just you, you treat your fantasy baseball team just like you would an MLB team every game means more I, I think if you break it down each game means like 2.3 games so there's less room for error uh, you have to be smarter with your roster decisions uh, I think maybe they'll be a little more flexible with that uh, but I think it will that's how you're going to engage more people. I think that's what's really helped the NFL's popularity is engaging people in fantasy football. It's gave them a reason to be invested in watching the games. Uh, so if baseball can tap into that, I think that'll be great. Uh, but that sounds like a lot of effort. Uh, and, you know, the NFL, they played Monday night, Thursday night, and one game each, and then Sunday. That's pretty easy to keep track of. Yeah. Uh, where with baseball, you know, they, they'll play whenever – Whenever a TV can get them, you know, in the slot, you know, right behind Days of Our Lives or something. Oh my so, goodness! Uh, you know, it's a <laughs> it's a little tougher to keep up with the baseball schedule for across the league. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Though, I, I mean, I, I wish baseball all the success in the world. Uh, you know, especially to pay all their millionaire players. So, can we count you in to be a part of the Talking Schmidt inaugural Talking Schmidt Fantasy Baseball League? Sure, absolutely. Count me in. <laughs> anything that I can win in, anything I can win, I'll participate in. All right. Uh, I love, I love to win. I love to win so much. Sometimes I get sick and tired of winning all the time. <laughs> that's the that's another shirt, um, another shirt idea for us, at least from from Justin here. We'll, we'll write it down, and we'll get John Wilson the first shirt. I, I think he deserves it at this point, Justin. I, I normally we normally have so much to talk about. Final thing for you, do you have anything that you want to hit on on this episode 
episode 13, the official Justin Kleinard episode. Do you have anything you want to hit on before we uh, we wrap this one up? Uh, well, I'll say this. Hopefully it's not the last. Uh, I think what uh, you've been able to do with this podcast is pretty special. Uh, you know, closing in on 300 downloads on a sports podcast that was created in the coronavirus era where there has been no live sports to talk about. Uh, I'm not saying the numbers are spectacular. Uh, I think for what we're trying to do here, they're good. Uh, definitely not where we want to be or where we see it going. Uh, but, you know, right now, you, know, you have national podcasts, you know, radio shows that are on podcasters, podcasts only, sports shows that their ratings and downloads are just tanking. Uh, because people aren't in their normal routines. And, and so I think to be able to do what, do what you've been able to do so far is is, is pretty cool. Because, uh, again, you've had no live sports to talk about. Uh, you know, we, we've had to start <clears throat> digging stuff up. You know, as we're starting to just claw our way back to getting live sports, we're getting a little bit, a little bit more each week. Uh, it does give us more content, but to be able to dig up content on a on a buy on a two time a week basis, you know, isn't something you can just do out of thin air. Uh, it takes a lot of thought, a lot of time, and a lot of preparation. Uh, so, you know, just hats off to you for what you're doing with it. And you know, I'm just very fortunate to just be a small part of it. Well, I'm always thankful uh, to have you on the show with me. You know that. Um, just kind of how we all thought this might go. Uh, looking at it when I was coming back and just not really knowing what to do or how to do it. And then just uh, like you mentioned, I mean, a lot of times it's, you know, it, it's calling up people that I've worked with in the past and been like, hey, do you want to talk about this topic? So I do appreciate that because, uh, you know, one of the things that we could always do, I mean, we could we could talk about what everybody's talking about every single day. You know, you could turn on whatever ESPN's doing, talking about whatever they're doing or Fox Sports or anything like that. Um, but I like to... I think the thing that I like to do with these is that I do like to have that personal touch of, you know, talking to somebody that's, you know, either a former player, a current player, a coach now, or, you know, you know, broadcasters, whatever it is, because it does change, you know, how people look at sports because it's not the same angle every time. Um, and I think that that's, you know, just a little bit different that I try to do with each one. Um, like I mentioned, we're going to try to do the fantasy one on, uh, for Tuesday, John and I are going to talk over the weekend. We should have a pretty good show for you. The guest that I was planning to have today, he had uh, some family coming to town, so he had to reschedule with me. Um, but he is a guy who's been on the independent wrestling scene for almost 20 years. Um, I want to talk to him about, obviously, what happened uh, in the wrestling world with independent shows because they all had to stop as well uh, when everything started happening with coronavirus. They had to completely shut those down uh, because they don't have the lucrative TV deals you know, that a WWE would have where they could still do shows from a building. You know, they had to do a lot of different things. So um, definitely want to see that as well. But Justin, as always, man, it's been absolutely phenomenal getting a chance to talk to you, man. I appreciate you sitting in for an entire show with me here today. Well, Ethan, thank you. I, I would like to say how much it took out of me to do that. Uh, but anybody who knows me knows that... Uh, it's pretty hard to shut me up. So being given the, given the opportunity to talk for 45 minutes or so, uh, the pleasure has been all mine. Absolutely, man. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening in to episode 13 of talking Schmidt. We hope to, uh, I hope you guys join us again next week as we'll have more shows and more great content for all of you who are tuning in. I had to get that one out. I was jumbled there for a second. So thank you guys again for listening to episode 13. Like I said, we will see you guys again next week.